You're listening to Remote Possibilities, a podcast on the intersection of technology, society, and education, brought to you by MarketScale. Now here's your host, Kevin Hogan. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Remote Possibilities, the podcast that explores the promise and the perils of distance learning. I'm your host, Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. With me today is Drew Banks, Chief Customer Officer for a language learning app called Drops. Founded in 2015, Drops has been on the forefront of the next generation of e-learning tools, which are focused less on simply offering multimedia instruction and more on interactive, enjoyable, and adaptive solutions. With 39 languages, 22 million users and counting, uh, and companion apps called Scripts and Droplets, Drops is one of the fastest growing language platforms uh, in the world. Good afternoon, Drew, and thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, As I just mentioned before we started recording, uh, we had a conversation, I think it was about 18 months ago, which seems about uh, 10 or 15 years ago, right? It does seem. It it seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah, so it's... uh, you know, the last six months or so have certainly uh, made a, a, an incredible impact on, on everyone and everything, including what I will assume is uh, drops and, and your corporate strategies and, and sensibilities. Maybe you can uh, start off by telling us a little bit more deeper about drops and its history uh, and then kind of pivot into where um, you guys stand uh, as a result of the, uh, of the pandemic. Sure. Um, you did a great job in your introduction um, in describing Drops. Um, we are a language learning platform, um, and our flagship app is Drops, which focuses on vocabulary. We have a, an app called Scripts, which focuses on alphabet learning. Uh, we have a visual um, dictionary, which uses the words in Drops as a reference um, versus a learning platform. Uh, and we had just launched Droplets earlier this year, right before the pandemic hit. And Droplets is basically Drops for Kids, focusing on kids between the ages of 8 and 17. And the moment the pandemic hit, we, had, we realized that you know, kids were going to be out of school. And even though we had designed Droplets for uh, families, we th- we realized we could we could make a couple of changes and make it available to teachers for remote learning as well. So we did that, um, uh, made those changes, offered drops for free um, during the end of the school year, so teachers could use it. And we are learning through that experience of how teachers are, and students are learning or using droplets to actually carry on to our next uh, generation of products. So, so that's really interesting. Um, many of the companies and executives I've spoken with, um, one of the realizations after many, many years is that they have to begin to consider the parents. So the parents have become teaching assistants suddenly, where for years and years and years, they focused on maybe a, a district buy or sell, uh, and then maybe thought about the teachers <laughs> and, and, and the students, but the parents were never in, in the equation. But it sounds like Droplets was intended uh, family or, or parent first? Yes, it was intended um, parent and family first. Um, and, you know, we've always looked, and we're very different than other um, language learning apps in that we've always considered 
all of our apps to be part of an ecosystem of learning. We don't believe that anyone can learn a language with an app alone. So whenever we are thinking about the future of our apps or developing features for apps, we're thinking about how they fit in into the entire ecosystem. Um, and so that really worked in our favor to be able to pivot on a dime. We seriously, we pivoted droplets within a week. I mean, we changed the product, um, not just, you know, a marketing um, uh, communication. We actually changed the product to make it more useful during this time. And that was because of the way we architect our products and because we're always thinking about this larger ecosystem of learning. Got it. Interesting. So it was also intended as an extracurricular tool. Is that, is that fair to say? It is. Yeah. That's part of that ecosystem. Like teachers can use drops, droplets, or scripts as a lesson for vocabulary learning, which if you were, had, I don't know, if you had, do you speak more than one language? Uh, I used to in high school German. I was forced to take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you probably remember your teacher assigning, you know, learn this German vocabulary at home, and that involved a book or something, or, you know, mimeograph paper. Now that teacher could give you a really fun app to play to learn that um, vocabulary. And we've always thought of, of drops in that, in that, again, in that larger ecosystem. Gotcha. Have you noticed any uh, changes in the use in terms of uh, numbers, Picking it up because people now have extra time in their day to learn a language. Absolutely, um, we've had. I mean, since um, since the beginning of the lockdown um, in lockdowns in Europe, we've seen an uptick in in usage adoption of all of our apps, um, drops, droplets, and scripts. And I think that's just going to continue um, again because, well, for a variety of reasons. One, because people are are at home thinking, well, what can I do that's productive and also fun? Yeah. That's one. Um, but two, they're planning for the future. They're like, okay, when we come out of this, what skill will I need to help me pivot if I need to pivot to a new career? And language learning is right there at the top. That's interesting. You know, I, at this spring, as I sat here, I have uh, three three students uh, who were suddenly having class around the dining room table or, or in the kitchen and kind of watching the varying degrees of success. Um, some were just complete failures. Uh, the one that that did seem to work, though, my, my middle son um, takes Chinese. And overhearing uh, the Zoom class, <laughs> it actually seemed that he continued to be engaged, that that it seemed that language instruction is something that maybe does work uh, in a remote setup. And I know that before the pandemic struck, there were several uh, kind of online language instruction programs that seemed to be successful. Is that, um, is that accurate in your experience? It is, and I actually wanna go a little deeper that, uh, deeper there. Um, Drops is built on a language learning methodology called um, vocabulary acquisition. That you know, even though Drops looks very simple and fun, and it is very simple and fun, it's got deep um, pedagogy behind, uh, underneath it. And language learning acquisition is has been researched for years. And one of the the primary linguists who who started researching 
researching it as a linguist called Paul Nation, who is a professor in New Zealand. And the whole concept of, of vocabulary acquisition is to build your endurance um, in a language because language learning is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, when you talked about learning German, I was almost asked you, have you ever started learning a language and then burned out, <laughs> which most of us have. Yep. Um, we're like, oh my gosh, I remember in high school, I burnt out, I tried to learn Spanish. Um, what, what, what Paul Nation um, or Professor Nation um, advocates is instead of going deep into a grammar right away, which leads to complexity and burnout, start with vocabulary. And, and what happens when you start with vocabulary is that you build the comprehension of the language really, with really simple memory. So there, there's, there are numbers out there that show if you know a certain number of words, your comprehension of the language is fairly high. And that number of words is not that many. So if you build your vocabulary, all of a sudden you'll have comprehension, you'll have consistency by the building of that vocabulary, and you will have confidence because now you're understanding that language. We call those the three C's of language learning. Mm. And that gets you over that hump. And we've all hit that hump. It's not a, that, that burnout hump, and it's not a fun place to be. You need something to get you over that. And so, uh that again lends itself into like a remote learning setup as well, right? I mean, so you're not necessarily having to have a group chat when you're, when you're going through and using your product. It, it, it lends itself well to a combination of things, a remote learning tool, but also an independent learning tool where when you're not in a remote class, you're having fun, whether you're, you know, sitting at home or you're, walk, you know, you're walking around your neighborhood, you're, you're building your consistency with the app. And that's what's so great about Drops. It can be used in that remote setting with a teacher. It can be used with a kid, with their parent, but it also can be used in a standalone fashion without a keyboard. So you can, you know, that's another big advantage of Drops. You can be walking around and swiping um, and, and, you know, and, and playing the Drops game, word games and learning in a very fun way. Yeah. Now, I'll, uh, tell me a little bit about um, your market. Uh, just like the languages, the number of languages that you support, I assume you have a, a, a global uh, customer base? We do have a global customer base, and I want to correct one number that you presented in the beginning. We just launched a new language, Croatian, so we now have 40 languages. Wow. I think we... I think they have more languages than any other language learning, multi-language learning app out there. Um, I mean, and one of the reasons is because we focus on vocabulary, we can add languages super quick. Um, uh, we do have an international base. In fact, we have a very, um, a very big user base in, in all over the world, but Asia is a huge user base for us. Um, uh, our Japanese and Korean and all of our Asian languages are really popular. I think because the visual nature of drops, right. you know, we're based on visual learning and, and those languages are character based writing systems versus alphabet. So visual learning works really well with the, those languages. Have you seen any um, differences around the world in the way people are using your, your product during these times? Like, so Asia was first, um, right? I mean, and while it waved over, there, maybe there were some 
innovations that took place that other people can uh, take advantage of? I mean, we haven't done the analysis at a granular level, but I can say that our, our Asian languages are accelerating. And one of the things that we've done with those languages, put more culturally specific attention onto those languages. And I'll give an example there. For in, in the Korean language, we have the K-pop category, mm. um, which we don't have obviously in other languages. And that is that the, the K-pop lingo is of, of deep interest to people learning Korean. Um, so we are going to be going through each of our languages and understanding what about this language um, can we make very specific to the language and very specific to the cultures learning the language? That's that's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm discovering uh, the world of K-pop myself. <laughs> it's just this, this summer, so maybe I'll have to take up <laughs> take up take up Korean to, to dive in a little more deeply. Now, when you look towards the fall, wait through your kids. Are you stuck? Yeah. Oh. By, by yep. the kids the same way. Three kids, that's what I would... <laughs> and, and all the various online activism <laughs> that is occurring as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But now when you look towards the fall, um, what are your expectations in terms of the adoption of of drops and droplets and script? I mean, do you see a, a, a continued increase? Do you see a different way in which you're going to market it to schools? Or um, did you have a... What, what was your sales um, strategy pre-pandemic? Was it a, is this a consumer app or is this something that you would say sell to the Miami-Dade School District? Uh, it was a consumer app um, and it is a consumer app. But, but the, the, the distance between consumer app and um, a B2B app for drops is not very far. Mm. If you look at our product, you'll understand that you really don't need to add much to get it to a B2B app, whether that that um, B is focused on education, um, traditional education or corporate education, um, or any kind of institution that's trying to teach the vocabulary of their institution. Every institution has its own vocabulary. So you can imagine drops being used in that fashion. Um, and we are going to, we, we have a, a, an initiative that we started um, when we converted droplets to really understand our educational users. So when we converted droplets and started, we started tracking and asking our educational users, both teachers and, and students, what do you want out of a, a product that's, that's that's built for education. Because these products are built for the consumer right now, we wanna make sure that when we do launch something specifically for education, that we put in the time, effort, and intensity to make sure that we have the right features there. Right. I guess one of the um, differences between a straight consumer app and then if you say a B2B or like a, an app that might be distributed by a district um, and has Another aspect of the pandemic, which is, has thrown it into complete turmoil, is um, the access by students uh, to apps and the information that companies get um, when a student signs up, right? So, you know, working an app through uh, a learning management system or a filter system through, you know, school district ABC or, uh, you know, XYZ, um, all of those safeguards in the past several weeks and months were pretty much 
thrown to the wind. <laughs> so, you know, it, as an example is Zoom, right? I mean, Zoom was not something that was, um, you know, codified or approved by districts. Like people just began to use it. Um, when you see that coming from the consumer side of things, do you see that as a uh, as a boon to um, to your company? Well, I mean, one of the reasons we converted um, droplets and not drops is because we had built drops specifically for kids and it's um, um, COPPA compliant and GDPR compliant. So we don't collect any information on kids. Um, We make sure that there's a parental gate in in droplets and we then just apply that parental gate to educators. That's why we were able to move so quickly. So in that realm, we are already compliant. there are there may be some other compliance areas in education that we need to learn about, but I would imagine if we're compliant for for selling a product to kids that we would be compliant for educational institutions as well. Right, right. It just comes down to sometimes there, you know, different districts will have different acceptable use policies, and depending on on that district, some are very strict and some are not so strict. But I mean, especially even when you look at something like YouTube. Um, that was a frustration for, you know, teachers of younger students. Kind of a, a breakdown. Well, I'm sorry. I'll, let me go back. You said so. Droplets is to kind of up to the age of 17. Up to the age of 17. Okay. I mean, you can use it over the age of 17, but it's from, you know, it's from uh, eight all the way to 17. I mean, you can use it younger as well because we did make it. Again, we made it GDP. It's GDPR and COPPA compliant. Um, uh, but if you go younger, you need to be able to you need to be able to at least, you know, be able to read the words. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, so, yes, there but there, you're and we understand that there are those that 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 district school districts and, you know, uh, national school um, requirements have, and because people learn languages all the way from. Um, grade school through university, there's that gamut as well. Sure. So we understand that we're walking and that's why we want to do the research that we're walking. If we say that we're marketing toward education, we want to understand what that means and be able to pivot to meet the needs of um, various educational systems around the world. Any interest or um, focus on applying your product to standards uh we talk a little bit about standards and assessment are, are those things in your wheelhouse or are those things uh you expect to see uh radically change and maybe not be as important as they had been uh before COVID 19. um i mean i'm not going to rule anything out because as we go i mean where, wherever the educational institutions go if we're going to go there we're going to follow them we're not you know so if standards it remains critically important to an educational system that we're targeting of course we're going to go there yeah. i don't know if we would go there on our own we'll wait for the education market to tell us right and the education market is trying to um wait for someone to tell them what's going to happen too just in the next in the next couple of weeks or so uh any other um i mean what we but what we will do Oh, let me. Oh, sorry. Yeah. sorry. Um, what we will do is make sure that we're as flexible as possible to meet the needs um, and, and 
like I said, we all that that entire ecosystem, which is not just the educational system. It is what happens when the student goes home and is sitting at home with their parents. We want to make sure our tools are useful in that scenario, in the scenario when the student is on their own, and in the scenario when they're working with a teacher. Right. The entire gamut. Any other um, kind of surprises or innovations uh, spring up uh, over the past few weeks when uh, watching people use your product? Anything where you said to yourselves, wow, we, we could have done this all along? Um, I, I think it, it is watching how uh, users are currently using drops. I mean, we, we feel like we got a lot right. I mean, I, 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 the visual aspect of drops, people resonate with how quickly you can access drops. I mean, I don't know if you've tried drops, but you, if you download it on your phone, I mean, you, you, you need no instruction. I mean, you can start right. learning vocabulary instantly. Um, and I think we got that right. I think we're really right, and we're doubling down on that. I think we're, we need to focus now if we're going into education or some of the things that you've posed here. Like what are, do we need to pay attention to standards? And what are the variables that, that, that cross all educational systems that we need to have built into our products? That's where we will be focusing. That's why we're spending a lot of time collecting this data. Right. And um, again, going back to kind of the, the worldwide view of it, I mean, did you see uh, differences in those approaches around the world? Um, we haven't done that kind of geographic ge analysis. We, well, we did, we did do a little bit of analysis um, on what countries were using, where there was an uptick in, in usage and, and downloads. And it was tracking against the countries that were in lockdown. Um, mm. As they were locking down those countries, there would be uh, more downloads of our app. Um, but we didn't go really deep there. We just, I mean, and that's sort of an obvious thing, right? People are at home. They're trying to figure out tools that they can use while they're at home. Um, but I think we will go deeper. And especially, again, we will go deeper with education because we want to make sure when we launch products to the educational system that, you know, that we do it right, that we, that we meet their needs, not just the students, but the teachers, the schools, the administrators, everyone. Right. Well, I will say, um, for the record, that I have used Drops uh, after our last meeting, and, uh, and it is fun. And it is fun as an adult. It's almost kind of a, uh, a Twitch game, right? I mean, it's almost like you could play it like you would play Candy Crush, except that you're, that you're, you're learning a new language. That, I mean, it's, uh, to give a little story there, um, I, when I came to Drops, I, it's what convinced me. I used the program. I was like, oh, my God, I've been trying to learn Spanish for 12 years. And I need something to keep me motivated like this. And I was riding in the car with my niece and nephew, um, and they asked me for my phone and what I was doing. And I showed them what I was doing, and they just loved it. And they're um, they're young kids, and I thought, oh my God, we need a drug. We need to make a version for kids because I didn't yeah. even have to say anything to them, and they they used it for the two hour car drive. And you know, kids, you have kids. Yeah. Getting them focused on anything productive for two hours was, I was like, okay, we need to make droplets. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a there there. There is a there there, exactly. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, you're, you're just you're hitting into the other sweet spot with the um, because it's adult learning as well as uh, learning for children. Everyone's stuck inside the house together. Uh, maybe when you run out of uh, making puzzles, everyone can switch to their screens and and have a group session of drops. Yeah, I'd love that. That's, that sounds like a marketing campaign to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, do, I, um, I'll just take 10%. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, Drew, thank you very much for your time. I think it was a great conversation, and uh, I think our listeners will uh, get a lot of insight out of it. Kevin, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Great. And thanks, everyone, for listening to Remote Possibilities. We'll tune in for next time. Thanks. Thanks.